0: Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Jealous Jostling at the Peters' home. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize! Last week's winner was Lucy of Boise, Idaho, with her answer of Jesus is the sweetest name I know from the story... Penelope learns a lesson about victimhood. Good job, Lucy! (coughs) Now, it's time for this week's story, Jealous Jostling at the Peters' Home. It was after lunchtime, on a Friday at the end of March, and a new boy from church, Tommy Robbins, was playing for the first time at the Peters' house. Chess was the game of the day, and Pearson was taking his sweet time in making his next move. He was doing all he could to find a way to kill Tommy's bishop, the last line of Tommy's defense, before he saw a way to kill his queen. Tommy's first time playing chess had only been a few games ago, so Pearson clearly had the upper hand. Within minutes, Pearson pounced. He'd found the opening he needed and finished the game, and Tommy off, without hesitation. Oh, man, you're so good at this game, Tommy declared. You'll get it soon, Tommy. It's just because I've had tons of practice. Pearson modestly noted. But just you wait until Todd Hicks gets here. You'll see that he's even better than me. Tommy's face lit up like a Christmas tree. Todd Hicks is coming over? Yeah, he had a dentist appointment this morning, but he's coming as soon as it's done. I invited you and him over, Pearson explained. Oh, that's great, Tommy effused. When's he going to get here? I don't exactly know, Tommy, but do you want to play another game? Pearson just loved chess. Ah. Uh, I guess so, but why don't we call Todd to see if he's going to be here soon, Tommy suggested. Tommy, you don't have to be impatient, Pearson chided. He'll get here when he gets here, but we're having plenty of fun too, right now. Pearson was slightly aggravated, sensing that Tommy had grown disinterested in playing with him in light of the Todd Hicks news. I'm not being impatient. I just can't wait, though. Todd's so cool, Tommy was quite taken with Todd. Yeah, I know. I like him a lot, too. He's probably my best friend. But what I'm saying is that we can keep playing until Todd gets here. Okay, then. Tommy didn't sound quite convinced. I'll set up the board. As Tommy was setting up the board, Penelope walked into the living room with Patience and Priscilla. Hey, you guys playing chess? Yep, Tommy's getting pretty good. Pearson was complimentary of his friend. Oh, you are pretty good, Tommy, Penelope said as she watched Tommy taking out one of Pearson's pawns. Well, thanks, Penelope. But Pearson's not a bad teacher, either. Yeah, I know. He taught me. Anyway, guys, Heather and Lisa are coming over later, and Nora will come after them. Um, we've got, We're we going to make stained glass cookie window cookies. We're going to use some of the leftover hard candies from Christmas that, that Mama Peters has saved in the pantry. Mama Peters told me to tell you guys that you could join us because it's a big job. So you want to do that? You better believe it, Pen. Pearson absolutely loves stained glass window cookies. He turned his attention to Tommy. You'll love them, Tommy. Sounds good, even though, Penelope, you talk so fast. I know I do, Tommy, Penelope giggled. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, making cookies sounds pretty good, but you think Todd will want to do that? Tommy seemed completely obsessed with Todd Hicks. Yes, of course he will. Todd loves baking with us. He did it for Christmas, and we baked so many treats. Penelope was obviously trying to modulate the speed in which she spoke. Oh, do you guys have Todd over a lot? Tommy asked. All the time. We used to homeschool together, even. Todd's one of our best friends, Penelope explained. Oh, huh. Cool, Tommy answered. Although it didn't sound like he really meant that. Pearson was bugged by the constant Todd talk, but couldn't quite pinpoint why. Why is Tommy so obsessed with Todd? It's so annoying, Pearson thought to himself. But his thoughts were interrupted by the ringing of the doorbell. That's got to be Todd, Tommy yelled, and raced to the door like he owned the place. Tommy threw the door wide open and greeted Todd. Hey, Todd, come on in, man. We're just playing chess. You can join us. Hey, Tommy. Hey, Piers! Hey, Nellie girl. Yo, one of the sets of my favorite Twinkies ever, Prissy and Page. What's up, ladies? And in his usual unrestrained fashion, Todd exuberantly hugged his friends. Mama Peters walked over and greeted Todd and Mrs. Hicks and their set of twins, Bear and Ruthie. "'Hi, Maggie. Come stay for a while. I was just fixing some tea,' Mama Peters offered. "'Oh, thanks, Mama Peters. We would love tea, but we can't linger too long. We have to run shortly because Bear has an important doctor's appointment,' Mrs. Hicks said in response. "'Well, Maggie, we'll take you for whatever time you have. How did the dentist appointment go?' Mama Peters wanted to know. Todd jumped in. You would question this shining snaggle? These bad boys, Todd pointed to his teeth, were squeaky clean. And I mean, a squeaky clean. Mrs. Hicks laughed at her oldest son. Oh, Todd, thanks to our electric toothbrushes, Todd's learning to be more diligent. But the electric toothbrushes are definitely filling in for any gaps in hygiene. Okay, okay, Ma's right, but way back in January, my New Year's res was to be more diligent at house stuff like cleaning and flossing. Todd volunteered in his typical transparency. Oh, I get that. Mama Peters looked at Todd. We're not great about flossing around here either. Her confession was humble and sweet. Mama P, you think I don't know? Pierce said the only thing he wants between his teeth is the sweet taste of caramel chews. Todd cracked up. <laughs> Pearson merely chuckled at his friend. <laughs> because he'd heard Todd say that umpteen times. Oh, I know. We're thankful that Dr. Remmer has been able to fix any damage that Pearson has caused. But yes, Pearson is also working on flossing more regularly. Right, Piers? Mama Peters playfully asked her only son. Yes, very true, Mama Peters. But I flossed just this morning, Pearson replied. Okay, dudes, are we going to play that game of chess or what? Todd quickly changed subjects. You know what? Come to think of it? I don't like flossing too much either. I'm just like Todd in that, Tommy suddenly interjected. But the conversation about flossing had waned, with the topic having quickly transitioned, and the awkward interjection left Mama Peters to pick up the pieces in an effort to show grace. Oh yes, Tommy, isn't that funny? Flossing is such a quick chore, but we make so much of small chores, and we don't tend to follow through as often as we ought. But anyway, Mrs. Hicks and I are going into the kitchen for a while to catch up, you guys can go about your business. Mrs. Hicks and Mama Peters went into the kitchen where they served themselves some tea and chatted about the coming school week. While the two sets of twins played with the magnetic tiles on the living room floor, while Pearson and Todd, Penelope and Tommy set about playing chess. Todd and I will be partners, and the Peters can be partners with each other, Tommy announced. Okay. Pearson sounded hesitant. Penelope was hurt by Pearson's reticence, and the sting on her face showed. Pearson hadn't meant to hurt her and quickly squeezed his sister's hand. He whispered, I wasn't saying like I was disappointed to be on your team. I'm just a little bug that that Tommy can't stop being obsessed about. Todd! Penelope brightened. She too had noticed how Tommy seemed to want all of Todd's attention. She nodded, indicating that she understood. I've got an idea, Penelope offered. Why don't you two play each other, and then the winner plays Pearson, and then me, and so on? That's a good idea, Pin, Pearson and Todd said almost simultaneously. Well, you guys have been playing chess longer than me, so how about I, I practice some rounds with Todd for a while, and you guys play on that chessboard? I, I feel like I need more practice before we go into a tournament style, Tommy insisted, rather disingenuously. Here's the deal, dude. I weary fast of chess, so let's just play like Nellie suggested because I know we're going to want to want to be making cookies in a while and believe me, I got a clean bill of health from the, health from the dentist, which means I'm free and clear to wolf down some sugary snacks. Todd's answer wasn't what Tommy had expected, nor what he wanted to hear o okay, k Todd Tommy's disappointment was palpable a short while later. Mrs. Hicks came into the living room, scooped up Bear and Ruthie, kissed Todd on the forehead, and whispered some instruction into his ear. Mama Peters bade her goodbye and went back into the kitchen. As the chess tournament was going on, Heather and Lisa showed up. Pearson, Penelope, Todd, and Tommy turned to greet them. Hey, Heather. Hey, Lisa, they greeted. Hey, you guys. Penelope addressed Pearson, Tommy, and Todd. I'm going to go set up the cookie stuff with the gals, since I've already lost. So I'm done playing chess. The three girls took leave of the living room and walked into the kitchen. Todd and Pearson continued with their rip-roaring game of chess, as Tommy looked on. Tommy, though, had yet another suggestion. Let's just be done. It looks like Todd's about to win anyway. Tommy, dude! Chess turns on a dime. It's not over until the fat lady sings, yo! Todd replied, while keeping his eye on the board. And Tommy, I'd like to finish this game, Pearson added. Tommy flopped on the couch, a picture of irritation. In the kitchen, the girls were setting up the ingredients alongside Mama Peter's. Okay, I need two of you to work on making the dough, and then one of you can work on breaking up the candies, Mama Peter's instructed. Penelope and I will work on the dough, and Lisa can work on the candies, Heather proposed. Or I can work with Penelope, and you can work on the candies, Lisa countered. Lisa's voice had the slightest bit of edge to it. How about you ladies do the dough, and Penelope can do the candies, then? Mama Peters wisely decided. The three girls agreed, and they set to work on their duties. When all was finished, Mama Peters told them to sit at the table for further instruction. Heather nearly raced over and sat like musical chairs in the seat next to Penelope. Lisa looked dejected as she took the seat next to Mama Peters, who rewarded her loss with a bit of cookie dough. Lisa brightened and thanked Mama Peters, who was sensing the competition between her and Heather, Lisa seemed to be the clear loser in the jealous game. Mama Peters directed them to begin rolling out the dough and showed them how to slice half-inch discs, placing them on parchment paper on the table. Penelope, you make the most perfect round discs, Heather commented. She fawned all over Penelope. Well, thank you, Heather. You aren't so bad yourself. Yours are nearly as good as Mama Peters' discs, Lisa, Penelope said to her friend. Mama Peters rolled and sliced the dough expertly and offered assistance to the girls as they did the same. Heather continued to jockey for position until she was interrupted by Nora's arrival. Nora immediately caught the attention of Heather and Lisa, and Penelope was now the one on the outside. Having finished chess for the day, Pearson, Tommy, and Todd came in to help with the cookies, and Mama Peters, after a steady diet of relationship competition, decided the time was right for a little group chat. How about I put our CD, Hymns for the Family of God, on, and we put the cookies together? And I'll tell you a story about some adults who didn't like children. Mama Peters placed the CD in the device, and soon a short hymn chorus began to play Spirit of the Living God, Fall Fresh on Me. As the hymns played softly in the background, and they all joined in putting the cookies together, Mama Peters began, I'm sure all of you have heard of Jesus. Mama Peters was quite sure that Lisa and Heather didn't know the Lord. You know he came to earth as a baby, which we celebrated at Christmas a few short months ago. And Jesus is God in human form. And soon we'll celebrate Easter and Jesus' death and resurrection. He died on the cross for the sins of those who believe, and rose again that if we believe in him and repent of our sins, we can go to heaven with God forever. But the point is, before Jesus died on the cross, he was a man who lived among the people. But in his time, people didn't love children for the most part. And we know, having studied the Industrial Revolution during our history lessons, that children were expected to labor in factories and mines and often in dangerous and hot environments for extremely low pay and for long hours. Anyway, I don't want to get off topic, but in Jesus' day, Almost everybody loved him. The only real enemies that Jesus had were, ironically enough, the religious leaders. They were so jealous of Jesus because everywhere Jesus went, there was always a huge crowd that went too. There were so many people that Jesus couldn't even get away from the people most of the time. So one day, as Jesus was talking to the people, some kids came up to chat with him. They tried to make their way through the crowds, and when they came close, Jesus' closest friends, the disciples, who should have known better, prevented the children from getting to Jesus. They pushed them away and ordered the children to get away from Jesus. They didn't think Jesus would have time for them. After all, in their minds, there were more important people with pressing matters who needed to see Jesus. They were probably letting other people get through to Jesus, like like rich people or, or people who had a lot of people thinking that they were great. But Jesus rebuked them. And in Matthew 19, it says that Jesus said to the disciples, Let the children alone. Don't hinder them from coming to me. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And in the same account, in the book of Mark, it says that Jesus was indignant. He wanted the little children to come to him. And so they did. And Jesus treated them as well as he treated the adults around him. Because with God, there is no partiality. In fact, he tells us as much in James 2, where it says that we aren't to show favoritism for any person or anything, that we shouldn't show favoritism for people who dress well or have gold or jewelry or fame or anything. We are to be respectful to all people just like Jesus was. We should love all of our friends and family who the Lord has given us, being certain to show honor to all. It can be hard to do that when we feel like we want to be number one in someone's life. Like, maybe I want someone to think more of me than someone else, so I do all I can to make myself look good. But God hates that. James 3.16 says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. And it's so easy to use flattery like praising somebody insincerely. The Bible says that works ruin to not only the person who is flattering, but to the person being flattered. Someone who uses flattery cannot be trusted because they probably want something from you. So we should be kind to all for the sake of God. Anyway, the story of Jesus and the children is one of my favorite Bible stories. It encourages me to think about how Jesus loves all, and in this story that included the least in all society, the kids. Mama Peters concluded and noticed that the children had been so engrossed that they'd stopped working on the cookies. And though no one made any explicit remarks, Mama Peters knew that the Word of God, like a two edged sword, had cut to the hearts of the children who abandoned their relationship competitions the rest of the afternoon and sweetly played together, enjoying the company of one as much as another. And Mama Peters silently praised God for His Word. At the end of the day, when Daddy and Mama Peters were tucking Pearson and Penelope into their beds, they spoke to them about the jealousy of the day and encouraged both to forgive their friends' jealousy. It's hard to be the victim of jealousy, as Pearson was. But it's equally hard to be the victor of jealousy, as Penelope was. In the case of Pearson, he was continually being left out, and it was hard not to be angry about it. In the case of Penelope, she was the object of jealousy, and it would be easy to allow that to continue, because, boy, does it feel good to be wanted. But just recognize that Tommy... Heather and Lisa, use flattery to get your attention. So we must remember to love justice and mercy and forgiveness. If your friends are fighting over you, call it out. Don't allow that. Because believe it or not, people are fickle. And you won't always be the object of their flattering and praise. It's hard. But the grace of God can reign in our hearts so that we can overcome these things. Daddy Peters explained right before praying. Well, Daddy Peters, thankfully the day went better after Mama Peters shared the story of the children, Pearson said. Well, that's great, son. So let's just pray that we will forgive and do the right thing when on the receiving end of sin in either direction. After prayer, Daddy Peters felt the need to add one more remark. And thankfully, the jealous jockeying that went on today didn't ruin the cookies because those things are yummo. This is Grandmom's Corner. As we've mentioned many times before here at Whimsy Winds, everything we do is to bring God glory, to exalt His name. We've referenced 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Every one of us drinks and eats nearly every day of our lives. It is to reflect the most common mundane thing we do. And even in that, we are to glorify God. In the story, Todd, Pearson, Penelope and Tommy play chess. My husband who taught our kids to play chess and played chess when he was a kid and beyond is here to talk about the benefits of playing chess and how we are to glorify God, even in playing games.
1: I love playing chess and I love the game of chess. It's an ancient game and it's one that's lasted a long time. It's very popular, but I love that game because it enhances our thinking skills, things like memory, strategy, problem solving, analyzing, all of those are skills of the mind. Even things like competition, knowing how to win, and even to lose gracefully are lessons that we can learn when we play chess. It sort of reminds me of a book title of a book that I have, and it's called Loving God With All Your Mind. And that's one of the things that we don't really often consider, and that is that one of the things that God has given us as a precious gift is the ability to think to God's glory. And every time that you engage in things like chess or solving problems, math problems, or any of those things that are challenging to your thought processes, when you go through that, it's all to the glory of God. And that, that really does fall under that general category of whatever you do. Mm-hmm. And that is thinking to the glory of God. I remember when I was young, probably my early teens, my friends and I played chess just about every day for a couple of summers in a row. And without really realizing it, we taught each other how to be pretty good chess players. It was an interesting way to learn the game because we were just playing for the love of it and we actually became quite skilled for being teenagers at the time. It reminded me of another Bible verse that's in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And that's not in the context of chess playing necessarily, but it is a proverb that talks about engagement with other people and by interacting with them and playing these thinking games with them and any kind of game with them, you can become better at whatever it is that you are engaging in. And chess was just one of those. In fact, we got so good as chess players that three of us, in my friend's group, made the chess team. And not only did we make the chess team in my high school, we played three of the first five of the chess board. So, so in other words, we were in the starting lineup, the three of us out of five. So that was not only rewarding, but we never really intended to do that. It was just a byproduct of playing, having fun, and learning together, and in that sense, glorifying God for the thought process that he gives us.
0: And then as a teacher, you sponsored the chess team at your own school, right?
1: Yeah, it was a chess club, and we just did it at lunch, and it was more of a pastime. It was more for fun, and we just just collected some of my chess boards and played against my students or had my students play each other, and we just had a nice time interacting in a way that was outside of the normal, everyday routine of schoolwork.
0: Did any of them beat you?
1: No, I don't ever recall them beating me.
0: (laughs) My husband has
1: also taught our kids to
0: play, and our grandkids are learning as well. Well, thanks, sweetie.
1: Happy to be with you.
0: The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.